This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. My husband is a moil. Now, what this means is that he is a ritual circumciser. He performs traditional circumcisions called a bris or brit on baby boys who are eight years old, which is one of the mitzvahs in the Torah. So throughout his decades-long career in this regard, he has met many interesting families and experienced many inspirational moments. He's also found himself in many unusual circumstances. I remember one particular incident when he was asked to perform a bris, but the parents of the baby were not Jewish. But since they had been raised Jewish, they thought they were Jewish. Now, aside from being a wonderful rabbi, my husband is also a very kind person, and the last thing in the world that he wants is to hurt somebody's feelings along the way. So as this was toward the beginning of his brisk career, he struggled with how to handle the situation. He didn't really have a relationship with these people, so he didn't feel it was his place to tell them that he couldn't do the bris because they weren't actually Jewish. Instead, he decided to wiggle out of the obligation by saying that he would be out of town on the eighth day and that they should find someone else to do the bris and that he was very sorry. But there was one problem with this excuse, though it very neatly solved the hurt feelings issue. The problem was that it wasn't true. And honesty is one of the most important Jewish values. In fact, in this very week's Torah portion, the Torah says, Motza Sfatacha Tishmar. You must guard what comes out of your mouth. We are supposed to stay as far away from falsehood as possible. So, how can a rabbi, in the process of sparing someone else's feelings, violate a Torah value by being dishonest? Well, one could say that of the two values, right, hurting someone's feelings or telling a white lie, it would seem that sparing someone's feelings would be the greater of the two values. But my husband really wanted to uphold both the values of sensitivity and honesty. So here's what he did. On the day of the bris, he took his car and drove just out of city limits so that he was technically out of town. And then he turned around and drove back home. Voila, he was out of town that day and could not perform the bris. The Torah is very big on the concept that words matter. The holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur, begins with the famed Kol Nidre prayer. What this prayer means is that any vows that we have taken over the past year that we have been unable to fulfill should be considered null and void. The two words kol nidre literally mean all the vows. So on the holiest day of the year, we start out with this somewhat banal declaration that our promises shouldn't count. How do we understand this? If you think about the Yom Kippur service, it basically consists of one thing, talking to God. There's no eating, there's no drinking, there are no other commandments of the day, like with other holidays. There is no Seder, no Matzah, no Shofar until the day is over. What is the service of the day? The service of the day is using our words to talk to God and to one another in the process of repentance and repair and forgiveness. 
the only tool in our Yom Kippur arsenal is our words. Now imagine if over the course of the previous year, we've said all kinds of things and made all kinds of promises that we didn't mean and didn't keep. So as we stand before God, professing confession and commitment, why should God listen to us? God can easily look at us and say, yeah, yeah, promises, promises, yawn, yawn. You don't really mean what you say. So we start off Yom Kippur night by telling God that we do care about the words that come out of our mouths, that words do matter, that our commitments mean something to us, and that we will do our very best to uphold the words that we are about to say, because the very service of Yom Kippur is the service of words and our sincere and earnest intent to keep our promises. We live in a culture in which words are often taken very lightly. People say things like, I swear, I swear to God. In Judaism, these are very weighty statements and not ones to be made lightly. We also live in a culture where people often casually commit to things that they have no ability to keep or no intention of fulfilling. I remember when Facebook first came out with the events feature. How cool you could create an event on Facebook and people could RSVP online. Wouldn't this make event planning so easy and hassle-free? Yeah, right. It took a while, but we finally learned to crack the code. If somebody RSVP'd yes on Facebook, it meant maybe. And if somebody RSVP'd maybe, it meant probably not. It's hard to decipher these things because we often think that people mean what they say, but people so easily ditch their commitments and don't consider their RSVPs to be really genuine commitments. Texting has also made it so easy for people to shoot a quick and painless message before an event saying, hey, so sorry, something came up and I can't make it. It seems that the concept of being a person of your word is becoming more and more rare. This is a shame and definitely not a value of Judaism. When the Torah says to watch what comes out of your mouth, it means two things. Number one, it means that you should think twice before you say something or commit to something via email or text. Be very careful not to say something that you're not sure you can uphold. And number two, once you have committed to something, you must make every effort to fulfill that which you have committed to. Of course, it doesn't mean that a person can't ever change their mind, but often this can become a pattern or a habit of not considering a verbal commitment to be real. This is what the Torah is cautioning us against in our Torah portion. The Torah describes an interesting scenario where a person makes a vow. Let's say that a person is holding an apple in her hand, and then she makes the following declaration out loud. I hereby vow that I am not allowed to eat this apple. Because she has taken a vow, that apple is now as non-kosher for her to eat as a cheeseburger. It is through her words and only through her words that she has changed the status of this apple from perfectly permissible to completely off limits. Such is the power of a word. In our word of signed documents and email trails, it's easy to feel like a verbal declaration doesn't mean that much. And legally, perhaps it doesn't. But in the world of Torah values, the facts remain that words matter and words change statuses. One practical way that we can put this value into motion is that when we are committing to do something, 
We can use more truthful language like, I'm planning on being there, or my intention is to attend. In this way, we're at least being mindful of not making a promise that we may perhaps be unable to uphold. A more honest world is a world in which we mean what we say and we say what we mean. That's what the Torah is trying to teach us. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.